Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, 3CR's look at the Australian film industry. And you will be aware, if you're living in Melbourne, that uh, the Melbourne Film Festival, MIF, is on starting soon anyway, August the 3rd to August the 20th. So I took the opportunity to get a lowdown on the Australian fair during MIF. I, first up, we're going to talk to Al Kassar, who is part of the administration, the people who cur- curate some of the uh, programming through MIF about the Australian fair. And after that, we're going to have a chat with a filmmaker that you all probably know, Tom Zubicki, who's got a new film out called Hope Road. First up, let's hear from Al Kassar. So what we want to talk about is the Australian program that's uh, going on at MIF this year, 2017. And I noticed that you've got the uh, Accelerator uh, series of short films. Can you tell us about that? Uh, I mean, Accelerator is always a a very important part of the program. It's part of our uh, short packages um, that occur each year, but it's also a a talent developmental lab um, for participants, uh, you know, Australian filmmakers who have really achieved something quite kind of special um, in terms of the short films that are produced and are looking to emerge into the world of uh, feature film direction. Uh, so, yeah, this is this is a way of really creating a platform of visibility. But during the festival, those participants also go through kind of mentorship and workshops and training with a number of kind of special speakers and guests. So there's a I, you know, that's, that's where the whole kind of initiative really gets its name. It's better to supercharge some really exciting young talents uh, within Australian filmmaking. So my um, area is really on the feature film and feature documentary side. I also look after the talks and also the virtual reality programming. Oh, great. The Accelerator itself is a, an initiative um, with our shorts programmer, Thomas Caldwell, and also our industry department. Tell me about the features. I know that there's a, a program where uh, the actual MIF actually supports particular films to be made, but then it's got a broader remit as well, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess the first thing to say is that the, the program itself, um, everything considered, is, is quite enormous this year. We're taking 358 films from 68 countries, 68 languages, and of course, Australian film uh, front and centre within that. We have... Uh, 47 features, Australian-produced features, which are in the, which are in the program, um, and 89 kind of Australian works all together right through. So 
the majority of all the Australian films are in our Australian film section, but we also um, are profiling Australian directors in a number of other categories within MIFF this year, including some of the retrospectives, pioneering women, um, including uh, restoration screenings, including some of our retrospective programming within science fiction, uh, music on film, and night shifts um, as well. So what you were just referring to before is the MIFF Premier Fund, which is um, administered by our industry department as well. And uh, MIFF essentially gets involved as a minority co-financier for a slate of, uh, over the last few years, it's been about five to seven films, um, which all will premiere at the festival, which is you know, obviously very exciting for us in terms of springboarding some uh, really kind of major locally produced work. Um, and so we can see a number of those. I mean, our opening night film um, is a Miss Premier Fund film this year, and that's a new film from Greg McLean. It's called Jungle, um, and it's a really kind of a amazing adventure and survival tale. It stars actually Daniel Radcliffe, and it's based on the true story of Yossi Ginsberg, um, who survived in the Bolivian rainforest for a number of weeks, um, and who's actually going to be a guest of the festival, the real-life Yossi Ginsberg, and also speaking at a talks event that we have on the first weekend as well. Um, so it's a really kind of fascinating, very visceral kind of rollicking adventure tale um, from Greg McLean, who's obviously very well known in terms of his um, particularly horror and kind of genre side with Wolf Creek, um, and is also featured with the Balco experiment um, in our Night Shift program, which uh, was also a collaboration uh, with James Gunn, um, who a lot of people will be fans of from Guardians of the Galaxy as kind of writer and uh, producer on that one as well. Um, there's a number of other kind of works which are in the Premier Fund slate too. You've got something like Westwind, Jalu's Legacy, which looks at a collaboration uh, between an indigenous history do maker with Gautier. You've got Have You Seen the Listers, which is a, a really kind of striking documentary from Eddie Martin, who, again, audiences will know previously from works such as All This Mayhem. Um, and it's a, a portrait of the, I guess, the titular uh, street artist, um, and it's also a really quite intimate look at his marriage and relationship um, as well. It's a, it's a really fascinating kind of paradox. And again, Anthony Lister, um, as well as Eddie Martin, of course, will be at the festival of year. Um, I think one that's a, a real kind of crowd pleaser, and it's a really lovely film, is uh, Nine Cents, The Songs, um, again, premier fund and world premiering, premiering at Myth. Um, this year, and this is about the Central Australian Aboriginal Women's Choir, and it's a uh, you know they're, they're situated west of Alice Springs, and they reinterpret 14th century Lutheran hymns um, in their own Indigenous language, and kind of embark um, on their first uh, European tour of Germany, um, and it's it's really gorgeous. I mean, the way I think it's framed in the program is almost as an Australian answer to the to the Buena Vista Social Club, so you kind of have that sort of dynamic in it. Um, and then you've got films like Rabbit from Luke Shanahan, which is a, a very uh, mysterious kind of, you know, almost at times gothic fairy tale feeling, um, I guess, mystery thriller. But it's, uh, it's a bit more, I guess, opaque um, and purposefully opaque than that. It's a very kind of confident, um, singular, unusual film with a really distinct voice. Um, about the the bonds between a pair of uh, identical twins, and it's one of those films that you want to go in, I think, pretty cold to as well. But it's a it's a really striking film, um, and you also have the Butterfly Tree, sorry, with um with Melissa George and Ed Oxenbold. Um, so there's a a really diverse slate, I think, of films within Premier Fund in terms of documentary, 
uh, in terms of feature, in terms of very, you know, big-name stars and also very localised stories as well. Yeah, and, and I've uh, noticed that uh, there's uh, a couple of uh, films by very well-known uh, Australian directors. So you've got uh, Tom Zubetsky uh, turned up again with his film Hope Road and Kive Stenders, Australian Day. Quite uh, compelling-looking films. Yeah, well, you know, Tom Zubetsky is, I think, one of Australia's you know, leading leading documentarians, and um, absolutely, his films are always kind of very forthright and very interesting kind of works, uh, pitched around kind of social issues and social justice. And this is a film about a group of people who um, set out with the purpose of raising enough uh, money uh, to to build a, a school back in um, Africa, you know, in in the wake of the Sudanese kind of civil war. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's about the complications, I think, both uh, internationally and locally in terms of kind of making that happen. And there's a lot of human drama um, in the mix as well, but it's a, a very kind of endearing film, I think, too. And um, Kriv is actually, um, you know, he's, he's highlighted multiple times this year within the MIST program. You have his film uh, Australia Day, uh, which is basically takes place over the course of the, the titular day and, and weave kind of different stories together. You've got um, Brian Brown in there, sorry. You've got Sherry Stebbins. You've got a, kind of an amazing cast. And it's a film which kind of winds these sort of very, I guess, topical narratives into a really kind of thrilling, dramatic piece. But he's also in our Music on Film program this year. He directed uh, The Go-Betweens right here about, you know, the, the beloved kind of Australian band who, you know, hopefully will will get, you know, they obviously have a huge legacy and a huge kind of, of influence on Australia's musical scene over the last few decades, and this is a, a brilliant kind of doc tracing their legacy and influence, and there's a lot of fun in itself. And I see that David Wenham, does, is this his uh, directorial debut? Uh, this is his, yes, yeah, feature directorial debut. He um, directed a, a short segment of Tim Winton's Returning a few years back, but this is him. Um, stepping into the world of, of feature film directing. And it's a really lovely film. It's called Ellipsis, uh, and it features uh, Emily Barclay and Benedict Samuel um, as, you know, uh, two people who kind of meet over the course of uh, a night in Sydney. Um, and it does have something of that kind of before-sunrise quality about it. Um, it's very amiable. It's, it's kind of dialogue is is very kind of well-crafted, and it has a beautiful sense of place in terms of, uh, the Sydney cityscape um, as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a really lovely film to spend time with. Well, I, um, and David Wenham oh, will be at the festival as well. He'll be um, actually doing a, a dedicated conversation. He'll be um, talking to Rowan Woods, who, of course, previously directed him in The Boys. Um, and that's on Monday, 14th August, as part of our Miss Talks program as well. That's what I was going to say. There are wonderful talks that you guys have uh, developed for this year's program. Yeah, we have a, a slate of a dozen um, this year, and so there's one that I'd really highlight. I mean, I think a major highlight for us is uh, Top of the Lake China Girl in Conversation, uh, which will feature Jane Campion, uh, as well as creative collaborators, uh, Jared Lee, Eric Kleiman, direct half of the new series. Um, and that'll be happening on Sunday, 6th August, um, at the Comedy Theatre. We're doing a marathon screening of the whole second season uh, of Top of the Lake the day before. So I think this is going to be a really amazing opportunity to get the inside of, of the whole production and hear from Jane Campion. We've got um, three summers in conversation on the middle weekend as well, and 
Three Summers is our Fantasy Gala uh, film. It's directed by Ben Elton, and it has a really stellar cast, Magda Sabansky and Michael Caden, um, Robert Sheehan, uh, and, you know, it'll be uh, a wonderful kind of conversation, very kind of warm-hearted and funny. It's being directed by uh, Natalie Bailey, uh, sorry, moderated by Natalie Bailey, who's fantastic as well. Um, so I'd really encourage people to, to go and check those out. Yeah, it's quite interesting that the array of things you've got because you are actually focusing uh, or showcasing some terrific Australian uh, serials, TV series. Yeah, and I, I should say as well, uh, the virtual reality side is a whole other kind of side of Australian uh, presentation within the program as well. Um and that's something, you know, which has expanded outside of the world of, of presenting features that was introduced in 2016. And I think it's so interesting for a number of reasons, but one of them being because you see um, these very I guess, big name and significant Australian filmmakers who are starting to make their very first pieces in, in those spaces as well. You have someone like George Giddos, who, you know, was at MIF a couple of years back with Snow Monkeys, the former winner of the Sydney Peace Prize. Um, who has made an expansion of his, his previous film called Funfair Jalalabad, um, which to my knowledge is, it must be about the only kind of VR film shot within Afghanistan, um, and is kind of centered on this as, a, as you'd expect, Funfair with these sort of roving street gangs um, in that space, and it has an amazing kind of sense of place to it. You have someone like Quado, who, you know, has made you know, half a dozen features and works in television, um, you know, substantially as well, who is moving to VR, uh, directing with Piers Musseret on The Extraction, which is kind of a post-apocalyptic sci-fi piece. Um, and then you have someone like Matthew Bates, um, who, you know, has, has worked in that space before, but has a, an amazing kind of feature lineage with films like Shut Up, Little Man, An Audio Misadventure, um, and, you know, as part of Close Production, has just, you know, an incredible slate of films that played Sundance and Rotterdam and some very big kind of festival settings worldwide. So I think it's, it's been really interesting to see that side. I mean, I was mentioning uh, West Wind Jalu's Legacy before, and there's actually a, a VR expansion of that film as well um, by Ben Smith called The Hunt for Yadaki, which is a you know a whole new kind of end and a new way to experience um, the world of that story too. So it's, it's interesting to see those kinds of expansions happening within the world of kind of Australian filmmaking and storytelling too. So very exciting times for MIF 2017. Absolutely. <laughs> You're on 3CR with Annie on Showreel and we're looking at MIF and what they're showing that, that's all Australian at the uh, film festival on August the 3rd to August the 20th in Melbourne town. Uh, we already had a listen to what's generally on offer. Now we're going to look at something in particular, Hope Road. The director, Tom Subicki, who will be well known to anybody who is interested in Australian documentary. This time, instead of dealing with, uh, say, communities in trouble, uh, urban development uh, or uh, industrial disputes, uh, this time, uh, Tom has focused on a Sudanese, South Sudanese man, Zachariah, who is trying to build, with the help of Australian friends, a school in his home village in South Sudan. And we get to go there 25 years after Zachary left as one of the lost boys. Anyway, I'll let uh, you 
hear from uh, Tom. Hope Road, you uh, were originally going to call it uh, Back to Ground Zero and you obviously changed your mind. Oh, yes, You've, you know about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's Back to Ground Zero, but I mean, it's um, <laughs> it's Ground Zero now. I mean, in a sense, Ground, ground Zero then um, was actually a, a, a new nation recovering from a really terrible um, civil war, which which lasted um, a good part of uh, uh, twenty five years. Yeah, um, South Sudan. Uh, yeah, in, in South Sudan. That's right. That's right. So actually, uh, people were um, extremely opt- optimistic of the future, and um, only too interested in the kind of thing that um, um, Zachariah had to had to offer. Um, yeah, well, what he was trying to do was go back to the village that he was one of the lost boys, in fact, one of the boys that had to walk incredible distances in order to uh, survive, effectively. Yes, yes, yes. And he, he like many others, ended up in the, uh, refugee camps. Um, or, or so many of them actually didn't survive. No, uh, they don't. He was died. one of the lucky ones. Uh, you said he left the village with over six boys and he, he was the only one to to survive, and he ended up in uh, a big refugee camp in Kenya, and then a friend eventually sponsored him out to Australia after spending 15 years in refugee camps, and, um, and uh, of course, since he arrived, he always wanted to return, and but not return empty-handed. <laughs> well, no, that's right, but, but it's fascinating for Australians, because I was in a country town that uh, resettled Sudanese, South Sudanese people. Uh, in Victoria, uh, and uh, they are uh, the sorts of people that uh, you can't hide. They're incredibly tall, generally speaking, and very black and quite amazing people. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was fascinating to me to have a look at a documentary that actually is from a South Sudanese person's point of view They go, and going back to the Sudan and then how Australia Australians who do good works interact so it was. It, Hope Road is a very interesting, well-titled film, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's certainly a lot of um, very um, positive gestures on the part of um, um, people who really feel something for, and continue to feel something for Africa, but are also very upset about the fact that Australian foreign aid has been cut back and, you know, that it's really now up to small NGOs and... Uh, like, like this one to try and make make, make a difference and uh, uh, yeah the, um, the the people actually who who joined up with Zachary um, were uh, one of them was his uh, former TAFE teacher. It's actually the person who taught taught him uh, to you know basically improve his English. Um, and uh, the, the other people who joined up were friends of Janet, uh, including uh, a person who uh, ran a business in the city and who had good connections, particularly with the, the Rotary clubs. And so, uh, is that how you became involved too? Were you a friend of Janet's, or is it? How did you get the story? Um, I wasn't a friend of Janet's, but I was actually um, tipped off by a filmmaker friend of mine who said who knew Zachariah and said, "Zach, Zach really wants your story told." And I said, "Oh, that's interesting." Um, is it worth telling? What, 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 what is it about his story that makes it any different to others? Um, um, Margaret's were actually ref- refugees who have come out in, in recent years. Um, and um, what made his, his story, um, I think, uh, inter- more interesting maybe than others is that he, he, he really wanted to make a difference. He wanted to go back. He, like other South Sudanese, and, uh, and I think there are many in the community, wanted to make a, yeah, an impact 
um, back in their in their original homeland. Um, so it wasn't a conventional refugee story. It wasn't necessarily about his life here in Australia. It was about him trying to amass the resources to return and uh, build something, build a school, uh, a primary school in, in his village. Um, but the film, of course, had many, many twists and turns, and it uh, ends up very much back in Australia, very much back uh, with his with his own family and those kind of issues and problems that, that arose. I mean, you're a writer and a director, but you've had a long experience at making obser- what would be called observational documentaries, but you've done other things as well. So, so as you said, there's lots of twists and turns. How did you... Uh, Start off thinking about the film, and how did you? How did it develop in terms of filmmaking? Well, in terms of filmmaking, I thought to myself, "Well, what's the story going to be about? Um, and um, what do, what might unfold in months, possibly even years to come?" I thought the film would. And my film would generally take about a year and a half to shoot, and then another six months or so to edit. And but this one took <laughs> close to five. <laughs> from the time I met uh, Zach, which was actually almost exactly five years ago. But what um, I found, that I guess you could call it jeopardy, which is kind of like, well, there are obstacles along the way, and uh, several obstacles. And the, the first obstacle was the sheer nightmare logistics of building a school in rural Africa, remote, essentially, by people in Australia who had connections over there, but they had to rely on those connections there to, to make it um, to make it happen, um, and the amount the committee had raised wasn't a huge amount of money, and they had to raise more. So I thought, okay, the fun, film's going to be actually about the fundraising process as well as about building the school. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and uh, of course it was also going to be about Zachary's family. Um, in fact, it became more so than I had anticipated. Um, but it was also about uh, culture too, wasn't it? Difference oh, in culture. About Sorry about difference in culture. I, I was just uh, the oh, way you allow the camera just to. Uh, I love the music. The music's fantastic. Yes, yes. Actually, the music uh, found a place and it, it works emotionally. And it's, it, the music is actually not uh, all from the south. Some of it's from, from West Africa. Um, and we also had a, a composed. But yeah, the observational moments were were ones. And being an op-doc filmmaker, and I love the observational mode because it means you're you're kind of waiting for things to happen a bit and then you're observing rather than interfering. Um, but you're observing uh, in a way that you're kind of trying to construct a, a story at the same time. You know, So when you're observing, you're kind of mindful of... <laughs> the kind of things that uh, might happen in the scene. But in Africa, it was pretty difficult because sometimes I was just uh, filming meetings. I had no idea what people were talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> but right. I had a good... Uh, yeah. Well, you, you... I had a bit of an idea of what the intention was, but not, not what actually happened. Yeah, yeah. I found out later. <laughs> Yeah, it's fascinating. That's, I mean, and the dancing and the way people express themselves and uh, and how happy yeah. they were to see him come back, you know, the lost son. Yeah. And it, was, it was all really interesting from... I thought it was really interesting because mm. I often wonder what it must be like for people to go so far away and then what it's like to go back. Yes, yes. And he was a bit stunned by just the number of people that turned up. The whole village actually ended up on the mm. road. It was quite an amazing scene, really. 
but but at the same time, he was aware of the immense weight of expectations. <laughs> His shoulders, you know, he had to kind of deliver. You know. uh, um, and then, of course, he wasn't uh, quite anticipating that there would be a bit of conflict in the village between the chiefs about, um, you know, um, what exactly the school was going to do and how the how, <laughs> how the much the workers were going to be paid. And, <laughs> yeah. and then, of course, the women got involved as well, you know. And that obviously really indicates <laughs> that obviously indicates a fair amount of change in mm. women's roles as time yeah. as, in the conflict. That that's obviously changing. Yeah, one of the things that women wanted at the end of the war was education for their kids. Absolutely, and and, and a greater role for them. Um, totally, and one of the things that hold, of course, that holds back change in South Sudan is the dowry system where. Young girls are expected to be married off really young, and a male can take as many wives as he wants. And it's all, it's all quite, and it's all to do with cattle. The more cattle you have, the wealthier you have. The wealthier you are as a as a family, and uh, it's 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 tough on the women. It really is. And some of the the women are deciding that they don't want to go through this process, or at least they want to delay it and give the the, the children an education first. Yeah, uh, it's be, quite fascinating. People being forced to marry. Yeah, it's really yeah. fascinating. And you come from, you've got to have a long history. Of, in fact, you began uh, mm. your documentary career or your film career using video and from the community, mm. didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was making community videos back in the old days where people sort of had these huge heavy cameras and, um, you know, reels of black and white videotape. <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. I, I, and I started very much in the community. In fact, um, I made small programs with local groups here in Sydney, um, which gave rise to my first from Waterloo, um, which is having a bit of a revival at the moment because they're now completely redeveloping that area uh, in Sydney. So, um, and the was, West Connect stuff and all that sort of stuff that's Yeah, the West in. Connect stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but very much working with community organisations and also individuals in that community, but certainly with Waterloo, same thing really. I mean, I follow a very similar path in all my films, essentially selecting a key character to to then base the film around. Um, And then Waterloo was Margaret Barry, one of the activists, and in this case, of course, Zachary. But also, it's more than just Zachary. It's also his, his family, his his partner, Iwen, and also the, the people on the committee who themselves emerge as, as, as very important characters and they have their own sort of whims and fancies and <laughs> predilections. And <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. Janet is a really unsung hero. I mean, she walked she a thousand was... kilometres. Oh, she walked a thousand kilometres. She's <laughs> completely dedicated. She's in her late... Like, Fifties, uh, amazing. She, 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 she just. Uh, um, in fact, she was the one who encouraged Zachary just to, to keep and um, keep going from day to day in a way. And, uh, um, uh, and she was originally wanted to to cap out, but I think the, the others on the committee were a bit where they definitely decided this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she had a bit of a laugh for the bush, but but then again, there was uh, the need to always. Um, go to a, you know, a safe spot, a good spot for a motel for, for, for you know every every night, and then kind of regroup and um, go off the next day. But uh, everything was uh, rolled out in front of us. Actually, yeah. it's it's fascinating. Um, uh, one of the un 
uh, intended uh, messages in the film is how they might have decided that they were going to walk from Sydney to or Brisbane or Brisbane to Sydney, but there's a whole lot of parts of Australia that have been cut off by roads and very big, heavy traffic. Exactly. There's uh, places that they couldn't uh, find uh, useful tracks except um, along the highways. Mm. Um, because um, I'd actually thought it, that before they started. No, mm. no, no, no. Uh, there was a fair bit of planning, but not enough planning, I don't think. <laughs> um, certainly, the, some schools were alerted, and uh, we made sure we turned up at the right times for those school visits and the other community visits. And they, they get a terrific welcome from the Sudanese community in Coffs Harbour. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Um, yeah. And um, so that, that gave them a bit of a boost. But, of course, all the time they're counting their pennies. Will they get the money they wanted to to start off with? Will their expectations are to, to get, you know, quite a bit of money on the walk? Um, and, um, yeah, well... Well, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Story, but they get a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's fascinating because that's what you do. You actually uh, show people so many things in the, in particular documentary, Hope Road. Good luck your film. Are you going to the Melbourne Film Festival? Are you yes, coming I'll be there for the screenings. Yes. yes, the first screening is at 11 o'clock on Saturday and one on, at 4 o'clock uh, on Sunday is the second screening at Acme, but I'll be there for the opening night and I uh, look forward to it. That was uh, Tom Sabicki, writer and director of Hope Road, which uh, features uh, the life and times of Zachariah and his friends trying to build a school in South Sudan. From Australia, quite fascinating, really. It's showing as part of MIF. It's uh, on an August the 5th at Kino at 11am, and it's also showing the next day, August the 6th, at Acme at 4pm. That's it for Showreel this week. Coming up next is Published or Not. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.